Aaron and Jess, will you come give me a hand? Thank you. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, wait, these two. These two. All right, uh, we're going to hand some stuff out to you. Um, how are we doing again? Sorry. I just feel like I need to ask again. Good? You good? I'm Daniel. Welcome to Mercy Commons. It's good to be together this morning. Um, in the... Uh, <laughs> In the next few minutes, over the next 30 minutes, uh, hopefully 30 minutes, um, we're going to talk about finances and giving. That's exciting, right? Yeah. Um, and first, thank you um, for your faithfulness, for your involvement in that and keeping uh, Mercy Commons moving forward and existing. It doesn't happen without people participating in that way. Um, so, so thank you. Um, and I'm a little nervous to talk about it, but I'm not nervous because I don't have clarity. I'm not nervous because I don't know what I want to say. I'm not nervous because I don't think, because, I, because I'm unsure what scripture says about this. Um, I'm, I'm nervous, or I have some butterflies that I don't normally have, because I know this is a sensitive topic, and I know that uh, money in church, I mean, you know, televangelists, that's all we like really need to say, and you instantly know what I'm talking about. Um, and I care about you and us, and so I'm not nervous about what I want to say, I'm not nervous about what I'm going to say, I'm not nervous about scripture, I'm nervous that we might not have the ability to understand this well because of all of the baggage we walk into this room with before this moment. Does that make sense? Okay. So what I'd like to ask everyone to do, and maybe you find this silly, but let's just take a deep breath in. And then do one more. So how I want to start is I want to make sure we're all on the same page here. Um, you do not need to buy with your money, your time, uh, the way you serve, our love and acceptance in this community. You don't have to buy it. You have it. If you're here, you get to be here, and we love that you're here. Amen? That is true. So this is a, what we're going to talk about today is a conversation that happens after we understand that. And you do not need to buy or earn with your money, your time, or anything else, God's love or acceptance. That's where you start from. That's where we start from. So this conversation today is a conversation that takes place after that. Amen? Amen. But what's true is we're always in process, which means some days are harder than others to believe that people love us and that God loves us. So if we wait to talk about this until that issue is solved, we'll never get to it. Or when we're ready to talk about it, the person sitting next to us isn't. So, deep breath. This is not a conversation about grace, love, acceptance, or welcome. 
This is a conversation about what does it practically mean to be a community together, okay? That's not so bad, is it? It's like the shot when you realize how tiny the needles are that you've been like, I don't want to do it. And then the doctor's done and you're like, oh, you're done. Okay, so, um, so we need to talk about this. Um, and so we've handed you um, some financial commitment cards. And whether this is the right time to do it, whether before Christmas is a good time to think about finances and church, uh, before you get ready to spend the big bucks at Christmas time, um, or maybe another time is better, I believe this is a really good practice for us to get into as a community because it's important for us to talk about weird, difficult topics like giving, especially topics that really touch the heart of what's going on in, inside us and in our values. One of the first things I asked when I came in July was, can I see where we spent our money in the last couple of years? Because I love hearing what everybody says is our values, but if you want to know what somebody values, you just look at, the, at their online bank stuff. You look at where we spend our money. You want to know what you value? You look at money. You would be able to deduce several really important things about me very quickly. I like coffee. And I'm constantly in motion because I eat not at home too often. I don't like eating out, but it's just sort of part of the deal. You can tell a lot about somebody by how they spend their money. So given that it's uh, an important topic, it's a difficult topic, it's good to talk about difficult things, it reveals a lot, and it's really important that as we dream, as we go, God, what are you doing here? What do you want to do? As we go from where we are to where we're going, we do it thoughtfully. We want to dream and imagine and listen to what God is inviting us into responsibly. If I was like, I just have this vision that we're going to have a rollaway roof. So in the summer when it's nice, we're going to just push that button and it's going to turn into that cool football stadium where it's, y'all would look at me like I'm crazy because that's going to cost some cash. So we want to be thoughtful about how we spend, how we imagine, how we dream. So we're going to do this, I think, as long as this works out well, um, every year just as a way to think about it. Are you with me so far? Yes. Awesome. So if you grab the little card we gave you, cool. Hold it up. I'm going to just talk through it really quick because this isn't the sermon. This is just like the warm-up. Oh, by the way, time out. I forgot to mention this. The, uh, the stuff for doing the commons, most of it is in that room. We mentioned earlier that we're going to do it next week. We're going to set up some Christmas stuff and those tables together and that we're going to have child care. Guess who's doing child care? I am. <laughs> uh, I'm excited about it. I wanted to do it. Um, so FYI, if that scares you with your children. Yes, you know. Um, okay, so, um, so it's a financial commitment card. What we're, what we're not going to do is we're not going to talk about any of, well, I don't want to give away my sermon. So what, I'm gonna, what we're asking you to do is do three things. We're asking you to ask, to pray, God, what should we do with our finances and mercy comments? And then we're asking you to listen to what God invites you into and then to respond to it with joy and trust. Make sense? Super simple. Ask God, listen, and then respond. And do it joyfully. Because if you can't do it joyfully, well, it might do more harm than good. Um, and so we're asking you to put your name on here, and it really family units, so you know everyone in the household doesn't need to fill out a card. Um, and then we're asking you to communicate to us what, uh, what you heard. 
what you anticipate your monthly giving to be. And if you find yourself in a curious spot where you have resources that you're not sure what to do with, and this goes, ooh, we want to do something extra above and beyond, there's a little box there. Um, so you can click that, and, or cl can't click it, because it's not a, a screen, is it? Anybody else? Does it work? Um, and then just put a little info on there, and then I'll call, I'll call you, and we'll talk. We'll figure out how to make that work. Does that make sense? And then the last thing on this card is just some things we want you to remember. Um, that we're asking you to commit to is for a year, not for the rest of your life. Uh, the commitment's going to aid us in planning for the ministry year. I already said that, but it's an aid. Um, it's going to be tre uh, treated with confidentiality. We're not going to, these aren't going to be trading cards. Um, we're not going to play Pokemon with them. Um, one card is not more valuable than another card. Um, because what I'm not going to say today is, um, in the sermon, when I get further into it, what we're talking about with scripture, what I'm not going to say is, it actually doesn't matter what you give. It totally matters. We got to pay bills. We had a furnace and a water heater go out this week. Things happen. That stuff happens. But for you, if you're in a spot where you're like, we're strapped for cash, we're in massive credit card debt, our, our uh, school loans, the list of good reasons why giving is difficult, here's what's true. Don't not give. Five bucks a month. A buck a month. You just, if you're going to participate in the life of the community, being generous with your finances is really critical for you. So then when it comes time for us to talk, dream, think, ask questions, push and pull and go, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? You are not under any illusion on whether you're a part of this or not. Because you know what happens when you don't give and then someone asks your opinion? You either don't think you have one or you spend all your time trying to like, uh, 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 and then it just, it just derails the whole thing. So the ultimate ask here is just engagement. Amen? Okay. Um, we'll give you updates right now. The plan is to do quarterly updates, of course, as we like get going on this and it's like, I don't need this stuff every quarter. Well, you know, those are things that can be fluid. Um, and then it is a, the last one's my favorite. This is a statement of intent and is not binding should your financial situation change. In other words, no one's going to come knocking on your door being like, but you said $8,000 a day. That's a really large number, very unlikely, but who knows? Um, Okay, that's not going to happen. If, if, like, you lose your job or, 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 like, you can make an adjustment. It's okay. And if you get, like a, like, a crazy raise, you can make an adjustment. These things are fluid, okay? Like, don't be like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Just ask Listen, respond, and know you can make a change because there are no handcuffs here. There are, there's no guilt or anxiety associated with this. It's just a thing we gotta do and we gotta talk about. Amen? We okay? Anybody need to check out? Anybody need a deep breath? It's amazing. You can breathe whenever you wanna breathe. Um, so, okay, the last, last bit here. This week, uh, cards and a sermon that I'll tell you about when we get to it. Um, next week, we'll have some updates about finances um, that we'll give to you, just a little more information as you consider, and then we're asking everyone to bring them back by the 17th. So two weeks. Can everybody do that? Cool. If you can't, talk to me, uh, if you want to talk to me. Um, there are envelopes. We gave you envelopes, so you don't have to like worry that like 
some kid's gonna open up the box. We're gonna put them in and run around with them and like, you know what I'm saying? So you can put them in a little envelope, put your name on it. We'll figure out how to get in touch with you or put your info on there if we don't have your information. Um, <clears throat> and then by the 24th, we're not gonna talk about it explicitly other than our normal, hey, if you give, this is how you can give that we do in every time we gather together for worship, okay? And here's why we're not gonna do it. Because we're not gonna talk about this forever and because we got ourselves a baptism. We're gonna baptize Jack. Hi, Jack. He's the one that says amen in the service all the time. Um, you wouldn't know it unless you spoke in tongues and can interpret because as a, a joke, a church joke. Um, <clears throat> all right? So um, I, I say this tentatively. Um, does anyone have a question? If you do, and it's good for everyone, you should ask it. Because if you have one and it applies to more than just you, somebody else might be thinking it. All right, are you sure? Cool, so here's what I'm gonna ask you to do now. Um, I'm gonna invite you to grab your pew Bibles if you'd like to and open up to page 831. So when I was getting ready for this, I was like, all right, what should I preach about on a weekend about giving? Maybe I'll talk about, well, what's the first word you think of when you talk about giving in church? Tithe, tithe the 10th, the tithe, the beginning. And, and, and as I was like, ooh, this would be a terrible thing to talk about. You want to talk about the ability to be confused. There's a terrible thing. Because the first question I have is like, so is does a tenth translate to a non-agrarian uh, society where you ain't growing the stuff you're given, you're like buying it? And then there's this really interesting question of, is a tenth the beginning? Is it what you were supposed to begin with? Was it a tenth plus? Some of that, you just got uncomfortable when I said that. Uh, and, or was 10 the limit? Was 10% the limit so that it was spread out among the community and so that nobody gave themselves into poverty? Have you ever thought about that? Like, which way does that number go? Is it the beginning or is it the end? I thought, oh, no, that's, you know. But I think it's important that what that tells us is the 10th reminds us that it's all God's. Because does God need anything? No. It's an invitation that God extends to us to be generous. So I was like, all right, we're not going to do that. Ooh, now we're going to talk about the first fruits. That's fantastic. Anybody know about first fruits? Does anybody ever, who grows things? Do we have any gardeners? What's, what's, what about the first things? Is there anything notable, noticeable about the first things that grow? Okay, so here's what you, here's what, I'm not a, I can't grow anything either. Um, but, so what they would do is they would bring their first fruits uh, from the harvest and they would offer them and they were, it was called the wave offering. And so they would like bring it and they like wave it around. Uh, okay, tough crowd. I guess we're talking about money. So they would wave it. Um, but here's what's crazy about the first fruits. The first, first fruits are not the best of your harvest. When God says, give me your first fruits, it's an invitation for you to radically trust that there will be enough, there will be more. Because typically the first things you grow aren't the biggest and the best. Whew, God's gonna let me keep my nice tomatoes. Um, 
It's about anxiety. And then you wave it. Or then I was thinking, oh, we could talk about sacrifices. There's this um, thing that happens in scripture where there's uh, accommodations are made for the poor. And so it was, in some circumstances, if this happens, you bring a lamb. Uh, can't afford a lamb. Okay, well, if you can't afford a lamb, then you could bring a turtle dove or two. Now, here's what's crazy about turtle doves. Anyone can bring them. You know why? Because all you got to do is chase them down. All you need is a little bit of effort and a little bit of ingenuity to get yourself a turtle dove. You don't have to hold down a job. You just got to go get them. And if you can't get them, you got to talk to somebody. And, okay, can you help me get this? I'm unable to, for whatever reason, get this. I think this is one of the crazy things about scripture is when we talk about these things, we have all of these immediate feelings and baggage that comes to the surface with the tenth and with the first fruits and with sacrifices, and we don't really feel what they're about. But we're not going to talk about any of those. I'm not going to talk about money because I already talked about money enough today. And I don't think the most important thing is for us to give financially. I think the most important thing for us is to be generous people. Being generous is critical. Generosity is about living life with an open hand and an open heart. It's a belief that you live out that what you need will be provided and that you might have things that other people need. So here you go. Generosity is living with other people in mind. And that includes people in the future. Or to maybe say it negatively, living generously is living in a way where you're not just thinking about me and mine. God is generous, the very definition of it. God, in the beginning, creates and gives life. Then God said it's not good for humans to be alone, and so he gives a helper. God does not just do generous things. God is uh, generosity defined and in action. The very nature of God is generosity. And we, made in God's image, are made to be generous. And so if we are not being generous people... It's just like if we're not being loving people, we are missing out. We are living in a way we're not designed to live and bad things happen in souls that do that. One of the, uh, I was gonna say it this way, I'm gonna, I'm gonna overstate it and some of you are gonna, my therapist tells me to be careful with my words, I'm gonna be uncareful right now. <clears throat> One of the most selfish things you can do is be generous. Now, if that disrupted you a little bit, what I mean by that is one of the, mo- one of the best ways for you to practice self-care is by being generous with what you have because we are made in God's image. And in a time uh, of consumerism, it would be very difficult for me to overstate the importance of generosity. The great, I think the greatest threat to our souls is the consumerism that has us infected at such a deep level that we don't even recognize it half the time. 
This week alone, as I'm getting ready, I'm reading about this, I'm thinking about it nonstop. I was about ready to order something on Amazon. And when I saw that it was not eligible for same-day delivery, are you kidding me? I pay $90 a year for Prime or whatever I pay now. I should be able to get that when I want it. I am entitled to that. I pay for it. As I'm thinking about this, it is so deeply embedded in us. Our culture has trained us to be consumers. The church all of us go to is the church of consumerism. And all you gotta do to attend is get out of bed. It's everywhere. And it's so hard. So, can't overstate that. And now we get ourselves to our text, finally. Uh, my favorite time of the year is Christmas. From now until basically sometime in the middle of January, I think our people are the best versions of ourselves. Do you know what I'm talking about? In almost every arena other than the blood sport that is parking at the mall when you gotta buy gifts, because that's what it is, we are the kindest, most generous people. It's the... It, from now until basically when we hit that massive depression that is January, when we're realizing that we got another three to six months of this, um, right? We go into credit card debt for other people. I think it's funny. Um, we decorate our homes and we make them hospitable with other people in mind. We invite people over more than we do in any other season of our life. We share massive meals together, feasts where guess what we do? We eat too much. We're gonna have Thanksgiving early so I can have seconds and thirds before I go to bed. And I'm not talking about the dessert. I'm talking about the stuffing, the gravy. Mm. A feast is always too much. That's what a feast is. It's too much with so many. We feast this time of year. We buy our friends and colleagues coffee and hot chocolate. You know those coffee holders you can get at Caribou? I don't know. Do they do them at Starbucks? The four, the four, the, the four plexes? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, you know, okay. Right? How often does somebody show up wherever you are and be like, I brought in things, and there's sugar and caffeine. Why? I don't know, because I feel good. Christmas. Oh, we're decorating next week for it. All right. We let people loiter and beg for other people. Ring a ring a ring a ring a ring a. It's totally cool. I don't think, oh, you're a terrible person for asking for me for stuff when I walk in and I see the Salvation Army red. I think, oh, I don't have cash. We don't think, who said they could loiter? I mean, there are two people that, you know, in our imaginations who do that. One's a green guy um, with a heart that's three. Three sizes, too small, the Grinch. And then you got Scrooge, right? Like the, wait, Nobody does that during Christmas. Our culture teaches us it's okay to be generous during Christmas. Ah, oh, I love it. And so here's what I want to do. I want to do the Christmas story today. I want to do the front end of the Christmas story. I want to do the Annunciation, which is just a fancy word for the announcement when the angel shows up to Mary and Joseph, but we're not going to cover Joseph today, and says, behold, I got some great news for you. You're going to be pregnant, unmarried, and by the way, it's going to end badly. It doesn't really end badly, but okay. So I want to do that story, and I want to let that be the story that we enter into this intentional conversation about how we are generous with that as our starting point. Is that all right? All right, cool. So if you would like to stand, if you are able, I would invite you to do so. As I read, um, I'm going to read this morning. 
because I like reading the Christmas story. Um, uh, Luke 1, 26 through... Th- well, I'll just stop. Now I don't have it marked. Uh, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was led by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting that this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to this virgin, as Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child will be born, will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God, thank you. Come to you in the name of your son this morning. And as we finally get to the text, we want to have open hearts and open ears that push the life, your life, out of us. Any place where there's any blocks, anything that's that's not working, where we're stuck, where we're hard, where we're afraid, where we're full of anxiety, where this topic of giving and money just is tense. Would you help us to breathe and listen to your voice? We love you. Amen. Amen. You can go ahead and grab a seat. All right, Elise, I need your help now. Are you ready? So since we're talking about Christmas, since Christmas is my favorite, I've got this nativity set that my grandmother left me that I asked Elise if she would help me out by setting up. So here's the deal. You can set it up however you want to set it up. If you don't know who someone is, you just set it up, all right? But face them that way, cool? And while you're setting it up, I'm gonna talk. Is that cool? All right, go to town. <clears throat> okay, so um, Mary's my favorite in scripture. Uh, you want a hero from scripture? You wanna say, I wanna be like someone? I challenge you to figure out somebody who is more worthy of thinking about like that, that's not Jesus, all right? Can't give the Jesus answer this week. That's not Mary. Oh, there's more. Look, sorry. Yeah, shepherds and other things in there. Um, I challenge you to come up with someone. Think about this. Anybody ever hear the phrase, I invited Jesus into my heart? Yeah? No? Not everyone? Strange. Well, what would, you know, I imagine Mary saying, well, that's nice. I invited him into my womb. 
she has God's life, God, God's self inside her, carrying that life around. What does it mean to be pregnant with the life of God? To be responsible in participating and nurturing that. Think about all of the things that we do. Uh, I've never been pregnant, but that happen that we do for pregnant women. Good parking spots, prenatal care, all of these extra efforts. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Um, <clears throat> extra efforts that we go to to care for the life that pregnant women carry around. So this story uh, in generosity with Mary, kind of my favorite, as sitting smack dab in the middle of how we're exploring this. The first thing I want to point out is that in God's story, God is always asking people to give. But here's the trick. It's giving out of what they don't have. The invitation isn't, hey, uh, I see you got a lot. Can I have some of that, please? It's an invitation to give out of or from poverty. And I don't mean poverty as in like your bank account doesn't have enough zeros. I mean poverty in any way that you're poor. Poverty of spirit. The invitation is always to give and to move forward out of the places where we are poor. Think about this. Abraham and Sarai. They are invited to be mother and father to an entire nation. What don't they have when they're invited into it? They got no kids. And what else is one extra thing about them that just makes it even a little more tricky? They are super old, and that's probably a kind way of saying it. This shouldn't happen. It is in their poverty that this happens. Moses is sent to speak to Pharaoh, the most powerful. And what is Moses? one of Moses' many objections? I stutter. I'm slow of speech. You're going to send someone to go talk? I ain't your guy. David the least likely of Jesse's son, becomes the king. Jesus, think about just that whole thing. And I say this with not theological precision because I'm pretty sure the way I say this is not, I don't have to think about it, but more poetically or image likewise. Like Jesus is divinity robed in humanity. That's not how you change things. Salvation doesn't come by losing. Mary, she lacks the experience and literally the circumstances to be pregnant well. Because what don't she have? She don't got a husband yet. She's on her way, but she ain't there yet. None of the people have any of the things that God invites them into. You know when the stuff shows up? See? When they say yes and they take a step. The invitation to Abram is go to a land I will show you. Uh, so where's that again? Well, go and I'll show you. Uh, uh, sometimes you just go, okay, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter which way you step. You just step, you say yes. Poverty is the soil that generosity grows in. Generosity grows in a garden of poverty. And when you can't see how... When you don't have what you need, I cannot will probably be your first response. Fair. It's a fair thing to say, right? But the better response is, 
how? Might I invite you the next time you feel invited into something, you, you have your, I can't, because I can't, that's fair, but after you say I can't, let yourself go to, well, wait a minute, how? Because this isn't the first time that God's done something like this. If you're waiting until you have blank to be generous, and I'm not talking about just money, you'll be waiting a long time, and you've got the order wrong, my friends. Because just like the people who have gone before us, your generosity, the things you're invited to bring and go with into the world, it comes after you step into them, not before. Generosity can grow because you're poor, not in spite of it. And the last thing I want to say about this is finding where you're poor, where you're, po- where you're impoverished is really important. If you have no idea where that is, do everyone everywhere a favor and find it. If you feel like God is absent, consider those places and that that might be the place God's inviting you to start from. All right, so the first is generosity, the work, the good work, always starts in places of poverty. Second is the work that God does, the generous work that God does in us, it comes with stretch marks, heartbreak, and you might even have your reputation tarnished a little bit. You might be misunderstood. After reading this, okay, before reading this, if we can move ourselves there, how many of us would like to be highly favored by God? It's okay, you hopefully put on your deodorant, right? Every hand should go up. And if it doesn't go up, it's because you know what it means. Now, after reading the story, how many of you want to be highly favored? Well, maybe after you do the work, you're like, no, there's nothing else. Because here's the, the invitation. In order to step into that, you have to give up your expected life. You have to say, your kingdom come, your will be done. In order to step into where God's leading you, you have to decide that it's God's agenda, God's way that you're gonna follow, not yours. And you know what it takes to get to that place? It's kind of crazy, but it just takes you figuring out how horrible and difficult and impossible and meaningless going your own way is. And you know how you figure that out? You go at it until you don't want to go at it anymore. It takes time. It takes nine months to grow a baby. 40 weeks. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I'm almost 40, and I keep wondering when I'm going to feel like an adult. I remember growing up being like, oh man, these adults, they know what is going on. They're so certain. They have all the answers. They have clarity. I have none of these things. What is wrong with me? Oh, that's the dirty little secret. Nobody knows what they're doing because nobody's ever done this particular thing in this particular place with this particular group of people ever before. 
Do you want to be highly favored? Do you want God to work in your life? Do you really want that? Because if you believe the story, the testimony of scripture, the lives that have gone before us, it's gonna mean stretch marks being misunderstood and a little bit of heartbreak. All right, so the first is our generosity grows in the garden of poverty. The second is it comes with stretch marks, uh, reputation problems and heartbreak. And the third is this. Do you think that when Mary's life was over, she had any regrets associated with saying, be it to me as you say? Do you think any of her regrets were tied to that moment? I didn't say it was any of Mary's pain tied to that moment. I'm not saying, did it hurt her heart? We know that. I'm asking if you think when she looks back, she goes, I wish I wouldn't have said yes. Delight, joy, life, laughter cannot exist without generosity. It's impossible. I'm not talking about your money. Although for some of us, we might be talking about it. It's not what we're talking about. If you want to step into being alive, more into being alive, you want, to, you want to grow in joy. I almost said increase your joy. I was like, oh, I'm turning into one of them tele-preachers. Uh, I'm going to pass a plate. I'm not going to pass a plate. Um, you can't do it without being generous. I've got this friend, Jeff. Jeff's a crazy man. Um, Jeff, uh, 46, 47 years old, and... Um, Jeff decided one day he was going to give up a kidney because he had two. And what do you do when you have two? You find somebody that needs it and you go, you want my kidney. Now here's what's crazy. Jeff's life was changed. More life was brought into his life by losing some of his body for another person. He, and this was five years ago and social media was a different place it, well, maybe it wasn't, but I felt differently about it. Jeff wrote one of those Facebook posts that was too freaking long to read. You know the ones I'm talking about? Where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not reading this. Nobody's gonna read this. You just must have had to process it. He wrote one of those, and it was listing all of the ways that him giving his kidney to someone else was good for him. Jeff was made alive by giving a flipping organ. I was like, Jeff, because I, I went and visited him and I talked to him. I was like, what are you going to do, man, if you needed that second one in a few years? Have you thought about that? Like, maybe you got two for a reason. It's like a spare tire. What are you going to do? You're driving through the desert and you don't got a spare? And he's like, well, I can say that about a lot of things, can I? It's like, oof. Joy, delight, life, laughter. If you're not generous, if your heart isn't open, it's really hard to cultivate that stuff. It's hard to cultivate healthy fruit when you're just holding so tight, when you're so much in control. I, um, I can't decide. I couldn't decide if I was going to tell this story, but I'm going to tell it because I trust you all. Um, <laughs> and if I'm going to make a mistake, my mistakes are going to be in trusting people. Uh, seems like a good way to live, right? So I went to a concert on Friday night, and it wasn't Celine Dion. <laughs> but had I had tickets, I would have gone to Celine Dion. 
like, she's my favorite. <laughs> Anyways, I won't sing, but I want to. Um, I got another favorite artist. His name is Modest Yahoo, and he is, um, uh, without getting into much of it, he does reggae, but he's a Hasidic Jew who does re reggae. So you want to talk about, like, sub-genres? Um, and it was at this, um, oh, man, I'm going to say, anyways. Um, <laughs> if you want to hear about the concert, ask me about it. I got a bunch of stories to tell you. But the last band on was this local band called Wookie Foot. Now, I hadn't discovered Wookie Foot until a few months ago when I found out that they were going to be at the Modest Yahoo concert. Um, and if you know what reggae usually connects to, you'll know what kind of environment I was in for four hours. Doors were seven, show at eight. It, doors were opened at 8.30, show didn't, Modest Yahoo didn't get on until 11. So the room I was in was an interesting room. Um, <clears throat> but this band, Wookie Foot, is closing, and there are uh, dreadlocks everywhere, right? Like, this is, all right, let's do this. And he starts singing, and this whole, by the way, this whole night, I kept feeling like I'm in church, because they're talking about these things that are like, love one another, and like, stop living afraid of bad things. Live to participate in the good things. I'm just like, okay, I'm paying, Lord, I hear you. And then he starts singing, this guy, he starts singing this last song, and here's how it, it starts. You may see a man close up his open hand and see how greed might motivate a reckless fist. And you will witness pain of people's petty pursuits for gain. But you will never see a hearse with a trailer hitch. No, you will never see a hearse with a trailer hitch. And then he starts singing about all of this stuff and how stuff is stuff. You will never see a hearse I was like, he gets it. He's preaching to me. Because remember what I've been thinking about all week? Generosity. Living with open hands. If you want to find that song, it's called Just Visiting by Wookie Foot. It is great. And it's bluegrass. So if you don't like reggae, no problem. All right. Um, so, I think it's safe to say, it's safe to say for me, this is the conclusion I've reached, it's the clarity that I have, that the invitation is to be generous people. I don't believe there's any other way to live. I don't believe we can follow Jesus if we don't pursue being generous. If you want to live out what Jesus says to do, generosity is on the top of the list, or it's another word for what's on the top of the list, which is, hero is real. The Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Feels like he's talking about generosity there. So um, we've been working on mission and vision here. 
So I want to close. This is the end of the sermon. We'll come to the table in just a minute. Um, oh, and two things. Do we have the, the matzah? Is that right? Okay. So we, re- we don't have enough gluten-free bread. Usually every, all the bread is gluten-free, but there's too many of you this morning. Um, so um, we've got matzah, which is not gluten-free. So if you don't need gluten-free, if you could choose the cracker instead of the bread, cool. If not, I'm sure there will be enough. Feels, yeah, anyways. Um, Okay, so what I want to do is I want to read what we've been working on with mission, vision, explaining to people who we are, why we're here. I mean, let's be honest. We're talking about financial giving and money. One of the questions is, well, why should we give you money? And so this is a thing we've been working on, not just because of that, but because it's important to have. And so um, I'm going to read it slash preach it to you. I'm not sure which direction this is going to go. Okay, so this is our mission. We're still wordsmithing it, um, but the idea here seems really fixed and formed. Everyone's like, yep, we're here. So Mercy Commons is a community for all people. By the way, all people means everyone. If you want to be here, guess what? You get to be here. You don't have to earn it. No tickets, no admission, show up. So we're a community for all people, and this is what we're a community for, to share and grow in generous love and mercy. That's what we want to grow in. We want to grow in generous love and mercy because it's in our name, for one, so we don't forget that. And that generous love and mercy is connected to springing from, pouring out of, because of a connection that we have in our actual lives to God. And we're just gonna gonna put a little label on that. We're gonna call that prayer. And we want to be people who walk out, actually live that as our feet move in our life, the Jesus way of compassionate love in action or enacted. Here, right here in this space with each other. And here, right here in this space with anybody that's around us. And in our homes, because it can't just happen here if it don't happen at home and in our jobs, and in line at Starbucks, and, and, and. Are you tracking with me? Our invitation as a people is to be connected to God and sharing it, what we get there, everywhere we go. And why we gather on Sunday mornings isn't because we like singing, although that's true. Isn't because we like listening uh, to people talk about scripture, although that, that can be true. It's about living lives that remember. That remember that we are loved and we're invited to love others. And one of the best ways we can do that is by coming to the table. So I want to invite you to do is take a moment to close your eyes, uh, to find a corner, um, to just be still and listen for what God's spirit might be speaking to you about your generosity. Um, And this might show up as you being directed to think about places where you, you feel poor.